Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's The Big Show. Is everybody ready? Uh Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Pump day. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280. The Zone. Happy Wednesday to one and all. Jake coming at you live from our Carrier Zone studios here at Vivint Arena. Austin Horton producing today across the glass from me. And uh, not safely social distancing from Casa de Monson is Gordon Monson. I don't know what's going on with Gordon. We're working on it. Yeah, I've got you in my left ear. And I've got uh, potentially Gordon in my right ear. But he's not there yet. How about this? That uh, on uh, <laughs> I just got this text from my uh, my dear wife, and uh, this is she's not listening or anything. We were talking about uh, car issues and uh, whatever via the text massage. Uh, she just said, "Have a great show, and if you get grumpy, just remember you don't have a game tonight." So I'm already kind of grumpy. Well, now, it says, and you have a car to drive. Now I've just got to remind <laughs> myself that I, have, I don't have a game tonight. Uh, and Lloyd's correct. I do have a car to drive, and my wife's car is indeed functional. So that's good news. So anyway, good start of the show. We're going to talk some jazz basketball. Gordon is here. Hi, Gordon. Howdy. How you doing? I'm uh, fine. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you very much. You having a good day? Uh, it's an okay day. Not a great day, but a decent day. Get some news, or just not uh, not feeling the vibe. Oh, uh, yeah, just uh, you know, just some days you just sort of veer here and there. Oh yeah, I see. Well, the sun's coming out, so you got that going for you. Yes, very nice. You know, right when you have to jump on the show and are inside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah before that, it's snowing, right? <laughs> it did snow some. Yeah, yeah. It, it did snow, and that that wind that comes ripping out of that canyon, uh, which. Apparently happened in all the canyons up and down the Wasatch Front on the east side. Uh, was pretty gnarly. I saw yeah. up in Austin's neck of the woods. I think uh, coming out of Weber Canyon, didn't they clock it at eighty four? Gust at eighty four miles an hour. Yeah, right down through a Hill Air Force Base, I believe. Right yeah. down my street. That's that is something. <laughs> so so, uh, so it would have been a good day to go fly a kite, maybe. No, I don't think it would have. Flying a a three-year-old flying a kite (laughs) in that kind of wind? Now, you know what, Gordon? That is bad parenting. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I suppose there are, uh, you know, extremes to all things. Yeah, that that would not have been a good thing to do. Hey, you know what? Driving home last night, I came across a, a family flying a kite. And the kite was flying kind of across the street from them. And I had to drive under the kite string. Wow. 
And I thought, I wouldn't hope that's high enough. And yeah. it ended up being high enough. But I thought Gordon would not approve of this family not activity. One no, day. no, I, I, I do completely because it was windy enough to keep the kite in the air. You know, I mean, really, I have found in, in, in I, I don't claim to be an expert in kite flying, but uh, I, I did find when I was a kid that uh, the best way to fly kite is to get one of those ones that aren't made of paper. You know, you know, you got your you got your classic kite, you know, that kind of diamond shaped thing. And they used to make them out of paper, and then you'd have some cheap, flimsy wood. We're going to do the, the history back. of kites here. <laughs> and also then, uh, my dad once thought it would be a good idea to, to give me a box kite. Have you ever seen those? Uh-huh. So, but no, that's not that's no good either. And then I got one of those plastic kites that uh, is looks like a bird. You know, it lo- looks streamlined. It looks kind of cool. And that thing would just soar. And so what I would do is, just as I've told you before, hook it up to a fishing pole and uh, take it to the beach. And then you could, then you could, you know, when it would get up in the air, you let out a bunch of string and it goes higher and higher, not string, but line. It gets higher and higher and higher and higher. And then you tighten it up and it, it does all these cool things. And then you loosen it up again and then it would dive. And just head straight down toward the water, and then you you just spin the reel, and it just turns right back up and goes flying real high again. That was now that's oh, so that's how kites work. Yeah, put it on a fishing line. (laughs) You ever try that? Yeah, I've flown a kite before. With a fishing line, it goes higher when you let the line out, and you with a fishing pole. Have you ever done it with a fishing pole? No, I'll I'll be honest, I haven't. Because okay, that's what I'm saying. Because then you can control it completely. Jicks. I'm just. What did I'm your wife say Jake, to do if you get grumpy? I'm just no. I'm just trying to to help uh, Jake out with his future adventures. I don't want your help when it comes <laughs> to type fun. I don't. Let that opinion be known. Okay. <laughs> Even if it's good advice, nope, you, I don't do, want you want it. nothing. No, nothing to do with it. Okay. I hurt my feelings. Yeah. I well, you criticize me, and then this comes up, and then you remind me that you think I'm a bad dad for trying to fly a kite with my kid. And, and it, by the way, a, a situation that was ruined by a dog not on the leash, which led to tears for my daughter. So, I, I don't, I don't like when this conversation comes up. I don't, I well, don't I, like okay. it at all. And then that well, leads to the step-by-step instructions on box kiting, <laughs> and I just, no, you know, no, I don't. Not the box did, kite, have no. you ever put it on the fishing pole? Uh, I don't know. Just, have I'm you ever flown a kite at Balboa Island? Okay. I may have, I may have overstepped my bounds when I, <laughs> I didn't mean to imply that you were a bad dad because you took your kid. Uh, out to fly a kite on a day when it would have been impossible to f- get that kite in the air. See, causing, you just did it. Right thereby there. causing great right disappointment there. in your three-year-old daughter. You're doing it, it now. Yeah, it would have been better to tell that three-year-old, we're not going to fly a kite Who's today. Who's been wanting to do it for weeks? Go sit in a corner and color. Yeah, but there's a time and a place for all things. And uh, uh, Who are you, my pastor? Day- <laughs> Okay, can we move on? Yes. Is that? Can we please? I love your stories, Gordon. Please tell Never, another. Is that possible? Can we? Can we move I, I, along? I didn't. I didn't mean to imply that you are a bad dad. I just was meaning to imply that you may have caused some disappointment in your daughter by not being able to get that kite off the ground. This is my fault. I'm sorry. This one's on me, team. Jazz played last night. Go. 
Well, he kind of flew like a kite on a mildly windy day. Sort of. Can we? Should we jump into it? Was that was that yeah. your transition? Because I'm <laughs> I'm done with the the kite conversation. So I'm just making sure we got it out of us. I uh, didn't mean to hurt your feelings on that, Jake. I, I, I well, just... you continue to do so, and now you're going to keep on continuing to do so. So I'd rather cut the tension with something we like to call production. Austin, hit it. <laughs> two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Baisley, left side. Pulls Gobert out. Oh, I'm going to try it. I'm driving to the rack. I got it rejected. Oh, gosh, I haven't seen that every night all year in the NBA. Driving to the basket, Roby. Here comes Gobert, and he got another bite out of another one. Rudy Gobert is now just toying with him. Six block shots. Niang, right side three. Good. Seven block shots for Rudy Gobert. Triple-double? Uh, if they keep challenging like Got that. eight points, ten rebounds, and seven blocks. Works the left side, guarded by the long, lanky Hall, who doesn't seem like he can move a great deal. High lob to Rudy. He goes over Moroni, catches and dunks. I think uh, we started the game a little too comfortable. You know, the... The young team, and you know they are fresh, and they all want to, you know, prove themselves, and they, they have talent, you know. So they started the game firing, and uh, took us a little bit to react. But once we started to get more physical, to play defense, to to communicate, you know, we we got back in this game, and uh, you know when we when we defend like that, it, it fuels our offense, you know, and when we move the ball offensively like we did, uh, it fuels our defense. Jazz win last night, Gordon. Uh, you joined me on pre-half and post-game coverage, which I appreciated. <laughs> uh, 106 to 96 uh, was the final, and uh, our guy Lou Dort was terrific. Yes, 42 was. points, career high for Lou, and uh, he was uh, he was really good on both sides of the ball. Continue to like him. I don't know if he's ever going to be the numero uno offensive option on a good team, but uh, he put on a show last night. <laughs> well. In the in the pregame and during our show yesterday, you said that he he couldn't shoot straight. You know, you kind of did say that, right? Well, it continues to be true. <laughs> well, it wasn't against the Jazz. That's one thing we have we have learned. Did you notice at one point in the game after he hit his first like six shots in a row, he just kind of gave that Michael Jordan kind of shrug, like well, I don't know, I don't know what's going on here, but I like it. He was tough for the Jazz to handle. Another another guard that the Jazz um, struggled to defend. Yeah, I do think there was a, some flukish. And and listen, I'm Lou Dort's my guy. You know yeah. that. Uh, but there was a little flukishness to to last night. You know, my my dad used to say, even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. There was there was a little bit of there was. There's a little bit of that there. Yeah, but I mean, when a guy goes 16 to 31, seven of 11 from three. I mean, don't. Uh, yeah, but who was I mean, who was the dude? It didn't look from, particularly flukish. 
Yeah, but who was the who was the dude from the Nuggets that used to put forty on the Jazz on the reg and then oh, never okay. never played against anybody else? <laughs> was it Kleiser? Yeah, Linus Kleiser or Kleiser or Kleiser, whatever it is. Kleiser. That guy, <laughs> you know, that guy had these huge nights against the Jazz. Nobody was clamoring for him to make an All Star team. <laughs> I I think Lou Dort is a starter in the NBA for a long time for a variety of reasons, and I'll add that I, his shooting will get better. But what you saw last night, I don't think that's reality. His previous season high was 26 against against the Jazz in December. So So what's the deal? That's so weird. Is that just a matchup thing, or you think it's a fluke? No, I think the Jazz uh, uh, have trouble guarding uh, the perimeter from time to time. And the guy who usually gets that assignment didn't play last night. So I I think that's a vulnerability. Uh, with this team, and it's one they've been able to overcome schematically for the most part this year. I mean, they are still an elite defensive team, but yeah, that's something that's something that's going to be an issue. I would like Austin, in, in when he gets a minute, which he never gets, but to to find a, a list of all guards in the NBA who are six three, because the Jazz seem to have trouble in, in their last couple of games against guards who were 6'3", namely Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook and now Lou Dort. They're all 6'3", and the Jazz couldn't guard them. And that, I mean, is, that is the connective tissue? That's I That's the know. theory you're running with? I don't know. As long all as the I Jazz know. play somebody who's 6'4", they're fine? No, I've got the <laughs> list here already, if you'd like it. Do you, is there, are there any dangerous names on that list? Uh, there is 58 Let's start with number one and go through number 58. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> Steph Curry, he, Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, De'Aaron Fox, ooh. CJ McCollum, on ooh. and on and on. Yeah, well, you just listed off some really good ones. <laughs> so I Watch don't know out for number 58, though, uh, Armoni Brooks. Hey, he mentioned <laughs> Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard yeah. hasn't been that great against the Jazz this year. Uh, yeah, but in past years he has. Well, we're talking right. about this year. He's not 6'3". Well, I thought oh, you read not. his name. Damian Lillard? Yeah. No, I said C.J. McCall. Oh, well, I misheard you, obviously. Yeah. How tall is Damian? 6'2". Ah. Phew. How tall is Trey Young? They held him to a career low. He's 2'6". <laughs> Gordon predicted he was going to go for 40, and he scored three. Yeah, but don't you think that was a little bit of an outlier? So now you're going to the fluke card. Kind of. Yeah. No, right I give, straight I give there. the Jazz some credit for, for playing good defense that night, but... It's. I think you hit the nail on the head earlier, Jake, when you talked about the the perimeter defense. You know, sometimes, sometimes it suffers a, a bit, and uh, it has recently. I mean, Lou Dort scored nearly half of his team's points. So I I do think that Rudy makes up for part of that. I um you know and just his ability to guard multiple players and and he's so good against the pick and roll. I think I think Rudy helps. Um, make up for some of the lack of the perimeter defense. And then when Royce O'Neal, I, I think he does an above-average job for the most part, given the assignments that, that he has. So if Royce can go out there and at least make it difficult for somebody on the perimeter, then you only have to worry about making up for another couple of guys. Does that make any sense? You know, yeah, It's kind of yeah. like when Deion Sanders can lock down half the field, then you only have to worry about defending the other half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and I'm not comparing Dion to Royce O'Neal, mind you. More just talking schemes. I mean, yeah. who who spent the majority of the night on Lou Dort? I mean, it was really Donovan, Mike Conley, and which which yeah. I mean, the Jazz are undersized. 
along the guard line, and uh, that that can be problematic at times. But uh, by the way, you mentioned Royce O'Neal, uh, you know, playing defense and being sort of the Jazz's defensive specialist. I think we mentioned yesterday that the two guys who have draw have draw, drawn. Sorry, Jake, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that will now. never not be funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> Austin, I got you. I got it all. I got it turned off before Austin joined in the chorus. I'm sorry. Uh, you yeah. were saying. I yeah. did. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I have no idea what I was saying. I don't either. Do I, I was busy dialing point, the phone. You, know? <laughs> oh, you were talking about Royce. Yeah, they draw. They draw. Uh, Lou Dort and Royce O'Neal draw the are the two guys who most often draw the toughest defensive assignment. So uh, going up against the team's number one scorer. So that, that's, that's a fact. And that's, you know, I think, I think Royce O'Neal is a decent defender. I don't think he's a great defender. I know a lot of people aren't here singing his praises like he's a great defender. I I think he's decent, uh, which, and if he's the Jazz's best guy, then that tells you that if you were going to pick out a weakness on this team, I think that's where you would go. That would be at the top of the list. And every team has weaknesses, but that 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 would be the number one thing in my in my eyes as far as the Jazz. Go. Yeah, and they're still the number four defensive rated team in the in the league. Well, I mean, Mr. Gobert is standing back. No, I, I I get what you're although, saying. Although but, although Ben Simmons scored 42 on him, he said. But I mean, I know you think Royce is an average defender, but I mean, he's Not the average. best. He's the I best said, defender on the the fourth ranked team, and and it is getting a little nitpickish because. Uh, other teams certainly have far more significant flaws. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't I mean, say they, they didn't. That's just if we're looking solely at the Jazz, I think that's that's a bit of a vulnerability. Of course, when you get into the playoffs and you're playing the toughest teams in the West, then you know, I mean, uh, how about covering LeBron? That 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 that's a big challenge too, you know, or handling AD, and those guys aren't perimeter guys mostly. And, and there's, there's also other good teams out there that are never stopping perimeter play either and have a lot bigger problem than the Jazz do. Portland, for example. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, we're, we're dissecting the Jazz and we're looking for, we talk a lot about their strengths and sometimes we nitpick about their weaknesses. But uh, I think that is something to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. And that's been the case for couple of years now well i think it's better uh this year i you know if there's one criticism to Lev, uh, levy in my opinion on donovan mitchell it's that he doesn't have games where he'll go out there and be a star defensively and just we just haven't seen it and i i don't know i know he's limited with his height i i get that that he's six one, but he's also you know long and certainly physically gifted mm-hmm. and yeah. you know knights like Last night when Royce O'Neal isn't playing and somebody's got to go out there and at least make it difficult for Lou Dort, I, I wish we would see him do that more. So, so do you think that uh, Jarrell Brantley is a guy who could uh, in time fill a role like that? Well, I told you – well, we talked about Jarrell a few times yesterday, right? And uh, we were talking on the on the post game. Um, yes, I mean, I think he's got a ton of potential. I, again, I liked it that he worked on his body in the offseason and came back more lean – and uh, because his future is not at a big, which is kind of where he was getting his garbage minutes, right? But he's not that tall. He's only about 6'5". So if he could lean up and use that athleticism to be a defensive player and shoot at a rate well enough where you have to at least think about him when he's on the floor, which he certainly did last night, 
Um, but then I, I think he has potential in the same way that, that Royce O'Neal climbed up the roster. So, you know, we've seen the Jazz value those, uh, value those things. Quinn Snyder talked about it in his postgame uh, comments where he said, you know, if, there's, if you play good defense and rebound, there's a good chance, you know, you're going to fit in and uh, they're going to find room for you. So I, I think there's potential there, certainly. I think there's potential with a lot of the Jazz back of the roster guys. We just there's some developing to do there. If you missed the game last night, Jarrell Brantley uh, came out of, of kind of nowhere, really. Hadn't been getting much time to play 22 minutes and score 10 points on four or five shooting. He was two of three from behind the arc, and he had four boards as well. So, I mean, that's a pretty strong showing for somebody who hadn't seen the light of day much this season. So, you know, maybe maybe there's some promise there. But he was uh, tearing up the G League last year, and yeah. – um, they, he's a two-way guy, which is kind of a disadvantage this year because you can't go play with the G League. You know, they did that bubble experience uh, for a few weeks, and that was it. I mean, he's a he's a dude that certainly could stand for some playing time. And I I loved his attitude. I know you did too, Gordon. And when he made his post-game comments, man, was he he fired up about it. Uh, yeah, and, and I, re- it was, I re- it was a cool interview. I remember. Yeah, when we talked with him la- last year, um, he impressed me. And I and I mentioned him to, to Quinn. I said, "Man, this this guy uh, has a pretty good attitude," and he he kind of acknowledged that. So, you know, we'll see moving forward how it turns out. But uh, he he had an impact last night against a team. I mean, the Thunder, worst offensive team in the league, and um, uh, really in a rebuild project. But they played hard last night, and I I, I said it after the game last night, uh, Jake. I, I'm impressed by. Young guys who might be under talented a little bit who work their butts off, and you got to respect that. And if I were a fan of the Thunder, if I lived in OKC, and I saw what uh, what the guys were doing back there, I would I, I would approve as long as I saw that kind of effort out of the guys who who are available. And uh, it, you know they were missing their best player last night, but they. They, they. I was impressed by you know they scored ninety six points, no big deal, right? But I mean they, and the Jazz started slow and then finished, uh, then got that big lead in the third quarter and then kind of just fell asleep a little bit in the fourth and allowed uh, the Thunder to climb back in it. But uh, I, I, I was impressed by the effort and and, and what? How many draft picks did you say? Thirty seven or thirty four? Thirty four over the next thirty four over the next seven years. Yeah. So I mean, I know I know uh, people all want to see the the fruits uh come come to bear uh early quicker. But uh you know, the future is bright for the Thunder. I think as long as they use good acumen to uh, select the right guys in the draft and to trade some of those assets for players that fit what they want to do. So we'll see how it goes, but uh Jazz get another win last night as they should have. And now they move on. All right, it is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We'll have more straight ahead right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
Sam Amick with us from The Athletic, working on the free agency files. Mike Conley, what kind of market might await him if he chooses to test it? Mike has made it real clear he wants to resign in Utah. The Jazz have a chance here with Mike to have, I think, a run at title contention for the next several years. It would seemingly be a no-brainer, but signing Mike to a big-time deal is going to put them deep into the luxury tax. That's the only if to me. I'm not hearing any noise as of yet about Mike looking at greener pastures. But that being said, it's free agency. The way he's shooting the ball, the way he's still showing that he can play at a high level, I mean, Mike certainly is going to get plenty of attention. That was our friend Sam Amick. Joins us on Thursdays. He'll join us coming up tomorrow. Uh, from The Athletic, he's uh, been following potential free agents, and uh, we asked him about Mike Conley, obviously, and uh, th- those were his thoughts. Uh, there's a report out there, Gordon, from, well, uh, I've got it from heatnation.com. Let me get the original source here. Uh, uh, Evan Massey is the one who uh, reported this uh, from ESPN, Yahoo, Forbes, Fox Sports, uh, Hoops, Analysis Net. He seems to be kind of a, a freelance type of dude. But anyway, uh, he reports the Miami Heat will have interest in signing or acquiring Kyle Lowry this offseason. But if they can't get him, Mike Conley is another name to keep a close eye on. Yeah, that's the way it works. You know, people are like always wanting to pick your pocket. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know if that move makes a ton of sense for, for Miami. Maybe maybe it does. Um, I would rather have Mike Conley than Kyle Lowry, though. You would? You wouldn't? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I like Mike Conley, but Kyle Lowry's pretty darn good. Well, Mike Conley's pretty darn good. I, I don't know. Neither one of them's going to play a ton of defense for you. Uh, Conley's two you... years younger. Conley, I mean, we've seen his playmaking ability. We've seen his ability to to fit in. That would be very appealing to me. Kyle Lowry's 35. He is. Oh, wow. Well, okay, that might factor in that. Kyle Lowry's a heck of a player, Jake. Yeah, he has been. (laughs) Did you just call Kyle Lowry a has-been? No, I said he has been a heck of a player. Is, yeah. is, do you disagree with that? No, I think he's a terrific player. Yeah, I think he uh, has been for sure. Thirty-five is thirty-five. I get, I get that part. He's averaging seventeen point seven point three assists and five point five rebounds for the Raptors. Who, keep in mind, um, you know, don't have all the talent they had on their team a couple of years ago. Man, I'm just trying to think. There's all kinds of things to take into consideration and that sort of thing and how he fits in with your team. Mike Conley seems to really fit in well here, you know. And I don't really know Kyle Lowry that well. I I don't know how he would fit in with with the Jazz. And uh, so, but, but, man, he's been really, really good. So, here's here's the issue, Gordon. The, the problem is is that Mike Conley, who's making $34.5 million this year, all that money and a little bit more basically goes to Donovan and Rudy next year. Uh, so the Jazz currently committed have $133,392,069 for this year. Next year, they already have committed in salary $134,126,952. So they've already got more salary committed next year than they have this year. I wonder what the cap will be. And that, who knows? I mean, if the if the cap goes up, that could create some space. 
Uh, it did not go up this year, but it didn't go down either, which it could have. So um, that that certainly is a big question mark as to how much money the Jazz will have to spend. But uh, I, my guess is not not a ton. Um, well, let me put it this way: if if a team out there really wants Mike, they can get him just based on how much money they can offer. Yeah. Well, uh, I I wonder how long the effect of COVID will will last. As far as things like the salary cap and, and all that. Well, I think they've got a new media deal coming up in a couple of years, so that's certainly going to help. Um, but, I mean, you know, Gordon, we're, we're seeing fans here at uh, Vivid Arena, but it's still limited. I mean, still only like 5,600 or something like that. I mean, and some some franchises out there still have no fans. And I get it that, you know, NBA finances don't solely rely on the gate anymore, but it's still a pretty sweet plum. I mean, it's still a big part of the overall basketball-related income. So um, I wouldn't expect uh, the cap to go up a big-time amount next year. But I guess I'm I do assuming. expect it to go up a little bit. Well, I, I'm I'm an optimistic guy, and so I'm I'm just uh, hopeful, as you know, I'm very optimistic about almost everything in life, and so I did I just say that or did I think it? Oh, you said it. But I I I understand that uh, there are there are dollars, stacks of dollars, to be made up for what's been lost, and I just don't know how long the lingering effect. Will be because I, I believe the the arenas will be full again next season. Yeah, with any luck, maybe by the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe that's me thinking optimistically. But yeah. we we had um, these conversations a lot over the past couple of years, Gordon, when we were talking about you know extending Donovan and re-signing Rudy. That if if you gave them the the money that they will or they expected, which is fine by the way. That I don't mean that to sound critical. They're they're earning it, but. Those two better be the guys because there's not going to be a ton left over for um, right. for other players. And, this, and we have and, talked about that a lot, Jake, and you've got to get that part of it right. Yep. The, the, the problem is that the, there just aren't that many to go around. And so if you have someone that's living in that neighborhood, then you go ahead and pay them that because, I mean, as Kevin O'Connor once told us, these guys don't grow on trees, right? So, you know, it's it's kind of who the Jazz have. And so I assume that they really do believe in, in them and think that they, they are the guys. But when you compare them to the two best players on the contending teams, how do you think they stack up? And how do you think they will stack up over the next couple of years? I mean, obviously, that's what the Jazz are banking on. Right. Now, if, if Pat Riley and the Heat uh, a few years ago um, proved anything, is that you can pull off anything if you are motivated. You know, <laughs> how they, you remember that when they signed LeBron Bosch and Dwayne Wade, how they basically traded away the entire team in the week leading up? <laughs> Which, uh, don't you, well, uh, I don't want to uh, uh, put feelings on you, Gordon, but I always felt dumb about that. That we were all blindsided about the Heat signing LeBron James. It's like Pat Riley did everything but put up a billboard saying that that was what was going to happen. I mean, they did. They traded. Remember Super Cool Bees? Michael Beasley was a part of that where they just jettisoned like the whole team. And all of a sudden they magically had enough money to sign two max players uh, in Chris Bosh and LeBron James as free agents. And it was like, wow, we really should have seen that coming. But if anything, uh, Riley proved that, you know, if you're motivated – then you can pull off anything. So, you know, maybe they figure out a way to re-sign Conley and move some other players around, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what most people, that's how most people look at it. They think, and, and, and that's why when teams don't make these exorbitant moves, then fans oftentimes ask, well, why not? What, just just go for it. Well, in this case, it would be getting hard capped out. Yeah. I mean, they just, like, literally won't be able to pay as much as another team. Unless, and the thing, the, the aggressive moves we're talking about, Gordon, they're going to involve maybe a player folks out there don't want to part with. I'm sure Miami wanted to keep super cool bees. <laughs> but, I mean, Bogdanovich is somebody who makes 18-7, you know, and, and how much... You know, if a team out there wants to pay Mike Conley $25 million a year, I'm sure the Jazz would say, well, good luck, <laughs> you know? And I'm just pulling that figure out of my, my keister. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Uh, there, there is going to be that line where the Jazz just simply can't, can't do anything and he would have to go. But I'm sure they're going to do everything within their power to, to try and keep him a part of the crew, I would guess. Yeah, I would think so, too, as long as it doesn't, uh, you know, fracture everything else. And that'll be interesting to find out what that number is. But remember way back in the day when the Jazz kept having these uh, these free agents and, and Portland kept <laughs> offering these toxic contracts? The restricted free agents, yeah, yeah. with Wes Matthews and Paul Millsap. And, and I wonder what goes into the thinking of doing that. I mean, is it, is it to be destructive to, a, to a, an opponent? Or is it uh, that they think, oh, what the heck, it's worth it. It's spin the wheel, baby. Let's see what happens. Well, I think but, in the case of both those guys, I think Portland wanted the player. Yeah. I mean, they were both second-round draft picks, which meant they hit for restricted free agency sooner than a mm-hmm. first-round draft pick would have. And they had both. I mean, Wes was only after one year. Paul was after more than that. But they had both already proven themselves to be NBA players to a certain extent. And everybody always thought, oh, is Portland out to screw the Jazz? It was, no, Portland's trying to give themselves the best chance possible to land a good player, which didn't work in Paul Millsap's uh, case, but did work for Wes Matthews. They, they landed him. And maybe that's what Miami's thinking now, you know. Well, but Mike Conley's not a restricted free agent, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean. I as do. As far as the tug, and, tug of war back and forth, as far as keeping a guy. I would go for a young guy if I were Miami. I mean, far be it from me to to uh, disagree with the great Pat Riley, but I think they've got a good thing going with a vet like Jimmy Butler, who's not an old vet, by the way. And they got a big young core that that screams to me like you've got an open window for a while. You add a Kyle Lowry. I mean, is he he's going to kind of help you for a year? Well, that's all about winning right now. Remember what George Allen said way back in the day: the future is now. Right, but I mean, they were in the finals last year. You'd think they'd have a few years to keep improving the team. Well, I mean, yeah, but they were in the finals last year, and they want to take advantage of Butler, then add another, other great veteran to uh, see if we can push it over the top. How many opportunities do you get to do that? Yeah, but then you're stuck spending a bunch of money on Kyle Lowry, who's a good player. He was. See. <laughs> I think he still is. He he was. He was a fine player. I agree. <laughs> In fact, I, I'll say that if the Heat had had Kyle Lowry last year, their chances would have been greatly enhanced. I would also add that if Kyle Lowry were so good, why is he still on the Raptors? What do you mean? Well, 
if if teams wanted to trade for him, they certainly could have. Well, teams did want to trade for him, but the asking Where, price was too high. Right. So, I mean, that that gate can go both ways, can't it? Right. I mean, obviously, decisions need to be made. But I think if you ask GMs around the league what they thought of Kyle Lowry, I, I, I think the vast majority would say, man, I'd love to have him on my team. Not enough to give up anything worthwhile, however. <laughs> That's not what the standard was. <laughs> anything worthwhile. If they could have landed a first-round pick for Kyle Lowry, don't they think they would have? I, don't, I have no idea. I, know, I have no idea what they were thinking. I, I thought he was going to be out of there, but... But nobody, all the phone calls were, hey, we'll give you two number twos and my overpaid guy so we can make the salaries work. How about that? Not true. Not true. Well, he wouldn't be in Toronto. He wouldn't be in Toronto. I mean, what if a player that truly was in demand was made available? Like, if Bradley Beal truly were made available, don't you think there was a franchise out there that would just pretty much pay whatever to make it work? Uh, A contender? uh, Could be. Take all of the first-round picks. <laughs> Take all of them. Go ahead, because I'm going to add the league's leading scorer, and I'm already a contender, don't you think? Don't you yeah, think? but the Heat, let's say the Heat won Kyle Lowry. They call up <laughs> they call up the Raptors, and the Raptors say, okay, yeah, give us Jimmy Butler. Which is would never happen in reality. Well, I mean, but this, the, just because the— Why would ask- the Raptors do that? Just because the asking price is so high. Why would they price themselves out of it? They're on the road to nowhere town. I don't know. I was asking that question at the trade deadline. So I I, I don't necessarily buy the narrative of they were asking for too much. Well, why wouldn't they do it then? I don't know, because the other team why was like, we'll give, you, we'll give you two seconds and uh, Druna Silgoskis' retired oh, contract. Oh, come on. It had to be, it had to be steep. Then why that. didn't they do it? <laughs> Because they because they don't want to be good. You know what? We we don't <laughs> want to have a better team next year. So we're gonna hold on to our dead weight. Thank you very much. <laughs> you are so freaking cynical. <laughs> How am I cynical? Because I'm I'm reading the tea leaves differently than you are when when somebody doesn't get traded. Oh, they were obviously asking for LeBron in return. So you, why would so they do you, that? You really think? That they did not want to get rid of Kyle Lowry. No, I think they did want to get rid of Kyle Lowry. I don't okay, think so, anybody gave him anything worthwhile. But, but I thought you said they didn't want to get better. Toronto doesn't want to get better. I guess I was saying that sarcastically. Did that not come uh, across? Uh, I did. Did that I not? Did notice. that not translate? I'm looking I at Austin. It I, was, I followed it. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I can see you. Uh, right. That's that's true. I mean, Kyle Lowry is a free free agent next year. So do you, do you believe this? Do you believe that Kyle Lowry could help a contending team uh, get to the promised land? Uh, which contending team? I don't know. Just a contending team. I think the Jazz would be crazy if they made a move for Kyle Lowry. They're a contending team. The question really is, could Kyle Lowry make a team uh, significantly better as their I, third point guard. I probably the original <laughs> question here was Kyle Lowry or Mike Conley. Yes, who's better Mike Conley every time. I, I'm not sure about that. 
I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Hang on, guys. I got to take. Well, a call Kyle Lowry's uh, hey. he's doing a killer job with the Raptors now. They're a fine team. Well, it feels like a good spot to to take a break. It is the big show. I want to remind you about our friends at uh, at Davis Vision. Uh, they've got their spring LASIK sale going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save up to $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com. Or call today, 801-253-3080. That's our friends at Davis Vision. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs> Show, oh, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, band of the Day today is the four seasons selected by me and uh, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. For the latest tour news and artist insight, go to livenation.com. No reason really I selected the four seasons other than it was coming down to the wire and I had to think of something that Austin for sure had in the system. <laughs> I have two of their songs That's in the it? system. Which is two more than the first band. Will rename uh, rename nameless that you wanted that I wanted yeah so I was like quick but quick. I found the greatest well, hits on YouTube yeah, and, so that's or a, a, a well, search engine and and do we need, do we need to change the band then because no. we don't want to hear the same two songs no uh, so he, he just said found he found it he's fine okay, okay okay all right I follow they have a greatest hits unlike Gary Wright <laughs> look I made that mistake one time don't I get a mulligan on that really I mean can I get for, will you grant me forgiveness on that. Yeah, but not forgetfulness. I'll forgive, but never forget. <laughs> okay. I do like Dreamweaver, though. I got to admit, I do like that song. You hate it. I yeah. Do, I do not like Dreamweaver. Uh, not one bit, actually. Even Gary Wright's like, oh, that song sucks. That's a terrible song. What? That was his biggest hit. I mean, I mean, should we do an instant poll on this? How? I wonder how many big bands out there truly hate their biggest hit. <laughs> Because they have to play it over and over again. I mean, it it always ends up happening, I'm sure. But how many, like, you know, random, you know, when the, the artist got done writing the song, they're like, God, oh, this is just terrible. <laughs> but the producer was like, or the, the, the record company was like, oh, we'll just, just put it on there, and it becomes a smash. You know, like, did Extreme really want to play more than words all that time? Or was it just like one of those moments where some engineer was like, hey, why don't you guys mess around with the acoustic guitar and sing a crappy love song? And they were like, oh, okay, well, we'll do it. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're, that's all they're known for. It's more like we owe, uh, by contract, this songwriter, we have to put his song on your album. Right. So they, <laughs> wait, they, wait a so minute. So you got to do it. Yes. And those then it guys, turns out to be the biggest hit. Those guys made a fortune off that song. So I don't think they were complaining. As you tell me all the time, Gordon, money is not everything. And it doesn't mean they hate it any less. Yeah, okay. 
All right, but they were grateful for it. I mean, it. Uh... Well, I don't know, but they still. I'm still. They sure. They sure. They hate it. It's like when Jake yelled at Foghat to play free ride again. Yeah. There was a reason they didn't play free ride. Slow ride. Oh, slow ride. Well, slow ride. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They play. That was still ridiculous. Now I do have sympathy for the these big bands that don't like their hits, but you still got to play them. I mean, we're we're yeah, we're, we're paying to see the hits. I, I don't drive all the way to Wendover to see Foghat, <laughs> only to get slow ride in song number two. Then I got to sit through the rest of the concert with all this stuff I've never heard of. And so yeah, so I started I like- yelling. Play slow ride again. I like what you said about. <laughs> I like what you said about that, Jake. Anytime an old time band says, "Oh, uh, we got a new, we got off a new, uh, we got a new cut on her." <laughs> Here's something from the new, uh, the latest album. That's that's time. That's time to go to the bathroom and uh, get another beer. Yeah, yeah, but you're kind of. Excuse me. I, I you're kind of interested to see if could they do it? Could they find some magic again after all these years? Usually, nope. No, <laughs> no, I can't tell you. Those those words uh, were the sweetest words I've ever heard on multiple occasions. Where you're just standing there holding it, like I do not, <laughs> I do not want to miss. I don't want to miss this song. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to miss it. And then all of a sudden, you hear the singer. All right, how about some of our latest album? Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I go, uh, I go hit the comfort station as, as I run to the restroom. Yeah, that's these, the sweetest words ever uttered. Now, something have, from our new album. Yes, I have, I have. I went to a concert once that I was really looking forward to. A band I really like, and they it, and and they still have some current hits. But but they but they played a bunch. Of, they, they they just what do they call that when you uh, when you uh, play a song belongs to somebody else covers i love covers, covers. yeah i mean they, they played a bunch of but it wasn't a cover that you would really look forward to hearing it was all this really weird stuff it was like that band on that night was bored out of their minds and said let's do whatever we can just to do something completely different and it was so completely different that i wasn't interested in the music reba really let you down that night huh <laughs> Uh, let's get out to the zone phone. <laughs> Joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, he's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Andrew, how are you? I am doing well. How are you guys today? Good. Uh, do you agree with me that that once the band says, here comes something from our latest album, that's that's the time to take a, a bathroom break and maybe get another beverage? Yeah, they, it's kind of like, a, you know, when the, the remakes of movies, they're never good. It's always the original that's the greatest, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. And how about this? Do you want to get back to your days of uh, traveling the country with poison uh, when it comes to your love life? Uh, you need to call Wasatch Medical Clinic. Let's help our listeners, Andrew. Yes, and if you're traveling and you forget your pills, not that's not a good thing. So no. we're, we're getting rid of that burden of, of taking the pills. If you're out there uh, struggling with ED, uh, erectile dysfunction, we use here at Wasatch Medical two really advanced forms of acoustic wave therapy. In fact, the only ones that were studied by Cambridge University, uh, they regrow blood vessels. A clinical study, I read one a few minutes with you guys, but another one out of the Journal of Urology, it was really cool because they put guys through our treatments, and then they put a bunch of guys through like a placebo sham treatment and compared at the end. And the erectile tissue was significantly improved with the actual treatment. So we know this works. Uh, 
It can get guys off the pills, improve frequency in the bedroom, and we've helped a lot of guys do those exact things. So if you're dealing with all the, the crap, the side effects that comes along with those pills and heaven forbid the injections and, and the other things you know guys try, I mean, stop doing it. Yep, stop doing it. And there's so many guys that are taking the pill or doing nothing and just, you know, the relationship's just kind of dwindling. You don't have to do that with uh, typically it's a few treatments, 10 minutes over two to three weeks. So let's call it May 1st. You could be done with the pills, the relationship improving, the blood flow going where you want it, when you want it. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. And uh, if guys have kind of been on the fence about this whole thing, Andrew, now's a great time to do it. Yeah, we uh, are still giving away a lot for free, and we really believe in this. A lot of guys, by the way, just take the free and don't take the treatments, and that's okay. We, we don't mind one bit. So call us now, uh, the assessment, the exam, the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor, no charge. A uh, little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom that's been enhanced recently. And new patients even get free testosterone. Uh, give us a call now. It's all no charge. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right. 801-901-8000. Uh, we'll have more coming up next. What's going on? Straight ahead. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.